0: Every time.
1: A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each
2: individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On
0: this week's episode, is a dark phoenix enough to hold off a secret life of pets? Are we on the verge of the ultimate arcade machine? And we discuss a quick end for Swamp Thing.
3: Welcome to the PCC Multiverse,
0: and we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glasser for Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs, but it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is our PlayStation fanboy of Humanica media. <laughs> you got to check out everything that's going on today at HumanicaMedia.com, Humanica, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. Uh, and I'm going to get a lot more here in a sec. It is hopefully still be my good friend after this conversation. It is Josh Peterson. Did you like my trolling from the Licensing Expo 2019?
1: No, that was good. That was good. But any conversation we have from this point forward... It's going to uh, be overpriced, and then it's going to melt on the inside
0: after we talk for a long time. Well, just don't say that to our good friend Douglas Hoibu of Retro City Games. He is a very much a PlayStation fan.
1: Clearly, I would like to discuss this further with Doug at some point.
0: We got to get you two together, hopefully, so you guys can have like a first take type deal, like ESPN does have. You know, the back and forth, tit for tat type deal with PlayStation versus xbox and we'll go from there so it sounds like something that we've got to go ahead and set up looking forward to it indeed but it is going to be a great episode we have for you we've got salvador Villa from mario party wars he's going to preview nintendo coming up at e3 2019 what's going to go on with nintendo's decisions as far as what they're going to announce maybe one maybe two new consoles what's going on with sword and shield for pokemon we're going to talk about that plus some other games we're looking forward to that may be ported onto the switch coming up here in just a few minutes plus also as well we're going to have janice ross in charge of business development at Ad games we had a conversation at the licensing expo 2019 she's going to talk to me about the legends ultimate the connected arcade coming up here in a little bit as well there's a lot of anticipation to it. The home arcade marketplaces because there's a lot of things that it can do. A lot of people are looking forward to it, all the capabilities. Not only do I talk to you about a lot of those capabilities, but stay tuned on the back end of that conversation because Josh and I are going to go over some of the things that were told to me off camera as well about the Legends Ultimate system from at Games. But first, my friend, there's going to be a lot to talk about when it comes to this weekend at the box office. It's a very interesting weekend at the box office. In fact, I have a gentleman's bet going for $1 with my good friend Tom Dwyer of the Big Daddy Road Show. I was on his show the other night, and he and I had a little gentleman's bet as far as who would come out on top this weekend domestically at the box office. He was leaning towards X Men Dark Phoenix, I was leaning towards Secret Life of Pets 2. And with the reviews that came out with X-Men Dark Phoenix and the not so great love that they're getting from Disney right now, because it looks like by all intended purposes that Marvel will be going ahead and revamping the entire franchise and as far as integrating them in some form or fashion down the road with different actors at some point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it looks like that X-Men Dark Phoenix is a dead movie walking.
1: Yeah, it's actually getting really horrible reviews. I've been reading some of them. Personally, I don't have any interest in seeing it right now. I mean, I do want to see it, but I probably won't watch it until it comes out. It's not something I'm running to the movie theaters to watch. From what I understand, they have once again butchered the Phoenix Saga and X-Men. But let me ask you this, though. As someone who I know is familiar with it, because me personally, as a comic book fan, it's not something that I'm interested in because it's something that spans so many comic books and it's going to be hard to shove it all into like a two or three hour movie. But as as someone who is more of a casual fan of the X-Men, what, how do you feel about the Phoenix Saga? Do you think there, it's ground that's been tread too many times or do you think there's better stories that could have been told? Or how do you feel about it?
0: Because this story was told, I believe, in X2. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that one that Brett Ratner destroyed.
0: Yes, exactly. So that is considered... One of the worst, if not the worst, in the X Men saga to me, there's not been a lot of great X Men movies. I've seen all of them since the first one came out, and I have not been impressed by many of them. Let's just say that I have seen all of them, not liked much of them. And this one does not look like, from all the, you know, that's that we've heard and seen, as far as reviews are concerned, looks like it's going to impress anyone out there. Like I said before, it is a dead movie walking. The hopes for long-term, there's nothing there as far as the series is concerned. What people are familiar with, with the Fox series that you're seeing now, I think this is the end of the line for those actors and for those characters as far as the development of those that we've become familiar with over the course of the years. And the Jean Grey Dark Phoenix storyline just looks like that at this point in time that they messed up big time once again. And you do know that they did change the ending, right? Because it was very similar to Captain Marvel.
1: Oh, no, I did not know
0: that. I didn't read up on that. Yeah, that's um, that was the reason for the delay in the first place. Oh, okay, that makes sense. But they still didn't do it right, it looks like.
1: Well, and, and here's the thing, and, and just you know, broad scoping this, this movie is the fact that they just introduced Jean Grey in the last X-Men that came out, which was Apocalypse, if I remember correctly. And they didn't really give her time to be Jean Grey. Like they didn't, they didn't develop Jean Grey. But instead of doing that, they they decided to jump right into the Phoenix, and that's just not it's not the best way to do that. Because you, in order to understand why the Phoenix is such a tragic character, you have to understand why Jean Grey herself is such a tragic character. And they didn't. It sounds like they kind of bulldozed all that.
0: Looks like they did as well. And I think it's going to come out to a lukewarm fan reception and i think at this point people are fatigued at the x-men series that has just been that series that's gone on they put out another one and put out another one and put out another one every now and again they get one that surprises us but then you put out another mediocre movie after another mediocre movie after another mediocre x-men movie and just there's a lot of apathy for it i know logan did very well and i know a lot of people were happy with that and i enjoyed it And I know you enjoyed it as well, but for every success that they've had, they've had like two or three failures around it. X-Men Apocalypse was just, I don't know, was barely worth even our time to even watch it. And that is on the lower echelon of movies as well in the X-Men series. But there's so many failures in the X-Men series, it's really hard to get up for any type of X-Men type scenario. It's not in the place where Fantastic Four is, but it is sure darn close.
1: OK, so one comment down on the back of that days of future past the Wolverine and Logan are really the three closest movies to the source material. When Brian Singer adapted X-Men originally, he had never read a single X-Men comic. And that drives me crazy. Also, what, what do you think about the rumors that were floating around about Matthew Vaughn's X-Men Fantastic Four crossover that was supposed to happen?
0: I don't think it would have been handled correctly because I have zero confidence in the Fantastic Four being handled correctly outside of anyone associating themselves with Marvel. Even though Matthew Vaughn has done great in his own films, such as the Kingsman series. I mean, we love that series. We, we enjoyed both films that have come out and some of the other work that he's done over the years. But I, I cannot say enough how much it is time for the x-men series from fox and also as well the fantastic four to be put to rest and to at some point give it some time for breathing room 3 4 years down the road start implementing them again outside of deadpool of course implementing them again into the mix with the marvel cinematic universe because at some point of time they're probably going to recreate the secret wars i think it's just inevitable that they're going to go ahead and do that i think that's an obvious type of hit that they're going to go ahead and emulate in the marvel cinematic universe at some point down the line but there is no need to rush continuing the x-men there's no need to rush putting fantastic four and integrating it into the marvel cinematic universe just yet give them some time to breathe for people to actually want to see them again because x-men dark phoenix is going to leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths
1: yeah, and I, I honestly, I just, I think we're ready to move on from this X-Men franchise. It's kind of run its course. Curious to see what Marvel will do with it. Are they going to try to incorporate these characters or create them from scratch? Who knows? But, you know, because they're talking about the multiverse thing and Spider-Man and whatnot. So, I don't know, man. I think we're we're ready. These characters have run their course. They've been beaten to death. Maybe they would, people would be more interested if the source material was handled a little bit better, but it wasn't. X-Men is a perfect example of one of those franchises that was made to make money. And honestly, the the Jean Grey and the Phoenix thing, it was never going to work in this universe.
0: And they've proven that twice. Exactly. Enough, 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 enough. Because it is time for the X-Men to be put to rest, at least for a little while, so that people can get excited about the X-Men being integrated in some form or fashion. Okay, Wolverine he gets a pass. If Hugh Jackman wants to go ahead and say, you know what, I'll gear up for one or two more times in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Kevin Feige should put him in tomorrow in whatever movie that's gonna be coming up soon, whether it's the Black Widow movie or what have you. And the same thing goes for Deadpool. Those are the two hot properties from the X-Men series you can retain right now from the get-go and people would be excited to see that. So at this point in time, It looks like there's going to be, for now, a bad ending or a disappointing ending to the X-Men series that Fox created and Fox developed because X-Men Dark Phoenix is coming out this weekend along with The Secret Life of Pets 2. And from all the hubbub, all the interest, and all the the analysts that are out there, they're all pointing towards The Secret Life of Pets 2, starting off on a good note. And for X-Men Dark Phoenix... With the reviews that are out there and the word and the social media buzz that's out there as well, unfortunately, seeming like it's coming to an end that should have happened a lot sooner for the X-Men franchise. What are your thoughts out there on the X-Men franchise? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos@yahoo.com. at yahoo.com. Are you happy that it's finally coming to an end as far as what Fox has created over the past almost 20 years? And are you glad to see it finally in the hands of Marvel once and for all? Pop Culture Cosmos. Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And then just let us know if you're excited to see them at some point in time, maybe five, seven, even 10 years down the road, saved and shelved for a little while, put on ice for a little while, that most of the X-Men will return and be integrated into some type of sequel wars or some type of storyline within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, my friend, I got to hear you, my friend. What are some of the things that you guys have lined up both you, Chad Smith from Hyperschmidt, but also as well, Stereo Monroy, Jamie and Tony Monroy from GameSource. What are you guys planning to cover at E3? Well,
1: you know, I was, I was telling you before the show that there's not a lot of devs. Like the usual devs aren't going to E3, right? Like Remedy's not going to be there. Cartoon Network people aren't going to be there. It's just E3 has become a Comic Con and less of a trade show these days. So, I've got some appointments at IndieCade, and that's always where it's good to sit down and talk to some up-and-coming devs. But I think the big thing that we're looking forward to is our hands-on that we're getting with Borderlands 3. So that should be good to mess around with. But I'm really curious what what this year's E3 is going to look like because Sony's not there. All these these devs aren't there. What's going to happen with this? Is this going to become basically another con? You know, kind of like when we went to the Level Up Expo, going to have a bunch of booths with people or... Is E3 going to eventually stop being the grand thing that has been all of these years?
0: You're right. It's a very tenuous time for E3 right now. Is it going to stay the premier event in the video game marketplace, or is it destined to become just another show? We're going to have to wait and see, but definitely everything that's going on in 2019 might point towards one way or the other. I hope it doesn't because you know my love for E3. You know my interest in E3 has always been there. I've always argued to a point with people as far as the importance of E3 and how it should be for the marketplace, because not only video game journalists and the video game media out there cover it, but also the general media, CNN, New York Times, MSNBC, all these other channels that don't normally cover the world of gaming. They also get tidbits from the world of gaming and E3 2019 because they want to know the latest news. They want to see all the press conferences. In fact, as we're airing this, we've already heard the first conference that's come out from Google Stadia. There's a lot more conferences coming up this weekend. On our Monday show, we're going to be covering EA, Microsoft, and also as well, Bethesda. We'll all have had their conferences and we will cover that on our Monday show with ubisoft square enix and nintendo we'll cover them next week by following us on our pop culture cosmos channels on over 30 major podcast outlets well coming up next we've got our good friend salvador via from mario party wars he's going to be stopping by to talk about nintendo at e3 what are they going to go ahead and announce in his opinion coming up this tuesday for nintendo at e3 2019. We're going to hear his thoughts coming up right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. Listen up, all you gamers out there. Miracle Fruit Oil is ramping up the deals on its awesome Vitabrace Gaming Wristband. Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve your gaming performance. Vitabrace will help you achieve your gaming goals, whether it's that single player campaign, retro classic, or battle royale. Head on over today to MiracleFruitOil.com and if you use the code VITABRACE50, you'll get half off on a VitaBRACE gaming wristband or use the code buy one, get one and it's buy one, get one free. That's right, just use the code VITABRACE50 or buy and the number one, get and the number one today to get some great deals on some VitaBRACE gaming wristbands. So check it out today at MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace, win with it. All right, and we're back with the program. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. And when you're talking about video games, you're talking about also one of the major movers and shakers of the actual video game industry and landscape of where video games are going. And that's Nintendo. And Nintendo has done such a great job over the course of the past couple years doing some really good things when it comes to the nintendo switch providing their consumers with a lot to choose from their games that have been a pretty good success for them and as of now nintendo switch is currently the number one selling console out in the marketplace because the playstation 4 and the xbox one are going in a little bit on the downside because of their age getting a little bit older now the nintendo switch is newer so it's the big kid on the market and here to talk to me about what he thinks will go on at E3 in regards to some announcements Nintendo will make is my good friend. He's returning like promised. He is the man behind Mario Party Wars. You got to check out what all those crazy kids are doing today at Mario Party Wars on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and so much more. You got to catch even all their Twitch streams. All the action that goes on, if you're involved in esports in any way, shape, or form, especially in the Las Vegas area, you got to hit them up at MPW. It is my good friend. (laughs) Back once again, Mr. Salvador Villa. What's up, my friend? Ah, It's good to be back, Gerald. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm good. I'm good. Getting all psyched for a wonderful E3 coming up. Like I said, the conferences are already all underway by the time people are listening to this, so I want to ask you first, my friend, with Nintendo just around the corner, ready to go ahead and share their wares on what's coming up, what is the big thing that you're looking forward to when it comes to announcements or stuff that's already being talked about when it comes to
2: Nintendo and the Nintendo Switch? So it's looking to be interesting this year, considering things like Sony not being there or having a press conference this year, among like other like Pretty interesting changes that are going on for E3, but in terms of Nintendo, definitely the fact that a third Luigi's Mansion is coming out, I'm looking forward to that because I wasn't expecting a third sequel, but it's honestly, it's a great series. The 3DS one, but like, to me, it was all right. I, I honestly preferred the GameCube version. The original one was, it's always a classic, and for anyone who hasn't played it, I recommend definitely getting Luigi's Mansion if you haven't had to play it, but Seeing the fact that there's a third one coming out in the series, I'm wondering how that's going to be, especially because it's going to be on the Switch, it's going to be using you know, the new style of motion control for the new controllers that they have. So I'm looking forward to that. And then also, I, I mean, they're going to be announcing about the new Animal Crossing so for the Switch, and that should be something interesting. Actually, oh my God, I haven't even played Animal Crossing in years. <laughs> I'm honestly looking forward to it though, because I I only I've only played the first one, but like I was obsessed with the first one when it first came out. It's just an interesting like simulator uh, kind of game, almost like The Sims, but instead you're you're managing a town or you're managing your house or doing both uh, and interacting with everyone. So it's it's a, it's a nice little kind of simulator game if you're into those kind of games. Then we've got Pokemon: Shields and Sword, obviously. November fifteenth new- for that one, November fifteenth. Oh, yeah. And then we've yeah. already seen some of the new releases of the new Pokemon that are going to be out, like the Legendary Switch. I wasn't expecting it to be that. Like, they look, they remind me of a few, but otherwise, you know, one of them holding a sword and then one of them having this, uh, a shield that's like their neck collar kind of thing. So, I mean, I like the designs overall, though. But like, I can tell the Raven and that sheep Pokemon which I still need to get its name are like the big the big things going on in the Pokemon world. Like everyone's talking about those two specific Pokemon. So I, I think the new lineup for this generation is is going to definitely be something something to look, to look out for. I am still wondering if they are actually going to come out with a new Nintendo Switch model because it's been talked about. It's yes. there's no confirmation uh, about it just yet, but maybe Nintendo might pull something at E3 and they might actually discuss it. I don't think it's likely, but I'm hoping they might announce something for, like, new Joy-Cons that will come out. The current ones are awesome, but they also have a bit of issues with them wearing out very, very quickly. And they're also pretty expensive still in the market. So I'm hoping they, they might come out with something new in regards to their controller, uh, their controllers and, well, seeing what happens with those. And if they offer new features or whatever, or maybe... They're cheaper, but they're not as easy to break basically. But yeah, those are just some of the things I'm definitely looking forward to in regards to Nintendo.
0: You mentioned as far as a new Switch, and and Josh and I have talked about this previously on the show with possibly even two models, not one, but two models, a higher priced and a lower priced unit than the one that's currently out on the marketplace, possibly on the way coming from Switch if it gets announced do you think they're just going to go with one or do you think the rumor two, possibly lower end and higher end unit be a reality that E3 will announce or do you think they'll just stick to one that's maybe a little bit more powerful that will help be able to translate games a lot better and a lot faster? Because as you and I have seen, there's been a lot of ports to the Nintendo Switch and mm-hmm. in some cases, so some of those ports have not been done very well or it's not translated very well by the Nintendo Switch, and there's been a lot of issues with that when those games get ported over to the Switch format.
2: Right. So knowing Nintendo, at least just based off their handhelds, I can definitely see them taking the two-way route, one of a higher end and one of a lower end, in similar ways of how like the 3DS had the XL, and then you also had like the 2DS, which is just like a miniature version of it, So I kind of see them leaning in that direction where like the higher end will probably have like better capabilities, might even include a larger screen or maybe better battery lifesaver. And then the other one will be, Well, I don't know how the lower price one would go, but they'll probably be coming up with something. But yeah, I definitely do see them taking more of a two-way route and giving more options for people as a whole.
0: Once again, I'm with Salvador Villa from Mario Party Wars. You got to check out his awesome group today on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram. Just type in Mario Party Wars and it comes right up for you. Speaking of ports, I know there's a lot of rumors and, and hearsay as far as possible games that could be coming to Nintendo Switch that fans have really been clamoring for. I know a lot of buzz has come around CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2077 for the big consoles in the in Xbox One and PlayStation 4. But there's also a rumor that The Witcher 3, the game that really put them on the map, could be coming to the Nintendo Switch. Have you heard those same rumors? And if that's the case, what do you think that will do to more solidify or actually just really keep people's eyes on what Nintendo Switch is actually doing if it gets a
2: quality game like that? So I, I remember hearing about this particular kind of thing I think like once or twice I know I know I've heard it just on and off if they can definitely work out a game like that like a really big third-party game that has done so well with PlayStation and the Xbox and everything I definitely see if Nintendo continues that direction and they're able to like actually get massive support on ports from other companies that they normally couldn't get in the past it's really showing Nintendo's massive support on the fact that a mobile style kind of game uh, kind of system is becoming the new phenomenon for what consumers, what what gamers specifically want. And if they can actually get the right kind of support for being able to run it, it it's just, it's kind of like, just give Nintendo so many opportunities for future ports from Microsoft even, or maybe even from PlayStation, considering things like, the fact that they're getting Marvel overtime alliance on the Switch. And that's going to be exclusive to the Switch as far as I'm aware of. So there's those kind of things that are going for them. And the fact that Microsoft and Nintendo are kind of building a cloud-based relationship. And we're going to see ports from like already starting with Cuphead, from Microsoft going for Nintendo Switch. So I, I just I, I see so many big opportunities for Nintendo with the way their direction is going, that they keep up the capabilities that they can of run bigger games that they normally couldn't do in the past you're right on the money
0: exactly the future is looking a lot brighter when it comes to what you know is in store for the nintendo switch if they can go ahead and you know really provide consumers with a quality game or ports that can go ahead and translate well onto the system without too much trouble because as we've seen with Skyrim and some other games like the latest WWE that was on there as well. I know there's been a lot of issues with the way it was ported and the fact that the games at times can be unplayable on the Nintendo Switch. If that's the case and the Nintendo Switch does get other models in the skew, as far as one higher, maybe one lower or both, that's that concern. What does that do for the base model Nintendo Switch do, do you see a price drop on it? Do you see a price drop as early as E3? Do you do you see something in the future for the regular Nintendo Switch? Or do you see them phasing that out in the long run for the model or models that you think Nintendo might be announcing upcoming at E3?
2: I don't see them getting rid of the original model anytime soon. It's been their main support line. It's It's been that successful. So I, I'm pretty sure they would want to see how their potential new models will go first and how well they do depending on like what they'll be releasing but i definitely do see a price drop maybe not right off the bat but i could definitely see it probably a few months from now towards maybe toward the holiday season at the end of 2018 i could definitely see the price drops starting going from there but yeah i i do i do want to see nintendo trying to push the limits of what switch can do on on capabilities and, and furthering the new opportunities for them through that.
0: Once again, it is Salvador Villa from Mario Party Wars. Check out his awesome group today on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. One last question I ask you, my friend, when it comes to whatever it is you're doing, and you guys are always up to something at Mario Party Wars, tell everybody out there, again, why Mario Party Wars is the place to go for a lot of fun entertaining action, and a lot of great things when it comes to not only Mario Party, but the esports, I guess, experience, and also tabletop experience as well.
2: Yeah, so we actually a big supporter of everything about games. While esports is our big thing, and we focus more on games that currently don't have an esports scene, we're wanting to build that up ourselves. And we started off with Mario Party, and we're going to be branching up to a lot more. But along with that, you can see us heavily involved in other gaming-related matters, whether it's about Nintendo, whether it's about eSports, whether it's about community-related events or collaborations of other of things that others want to do or, or that we would do and in inviting others out. You'll see us doing events all the time all over Vegas. We're about to go out to our first out-of-state opportunity with Game On Expo, so we're actually branching off even beyond Vegas. But... Just follow us on on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You could catch up with us and see everything that we're doing. And if you love everything about gaming, tabletop, esports, or any other kind of gaming-related things that are around, just come find us and, you know, get involved with us if if you're interested.
0: And that's, again, Mario Party Wars on Facebook, Twitter, and, of course, on Instagram. Lots of pictures there for Instagram as well. (laughs) If you see him out there any of the events that – Mario Party Wars takes care of as far as either UNLV, the Hyper Esports Arena here in Las Vegas, GameWorks in Las Vegas, or anywhere else. And you see him out there, just say hi. You know what? He is known for selfies, this guy right here. And if you're in like Flint with him, you'll get involved with a selfie with him. And you know what? He's a great guy. He'll always come and talk to you. He's always upbeat. He's always so positive. And he's always just a great joy to be around. It is, again my good friend, Salvador Villa, the man behind Mario Party Wars. Tell you what, it's always great to hear your thoughts on tabletop gaming and also what's going on in the video game and eSports scene with you, my friend. just so hard to keep up with you. You're doing so much. It's just so exciting to even hear
2: all the great (laughs) stuff you're doing, my friend. Yeah, honestly, I, I never thought I'd end up going this far with a group of friends and I pretty much have built so many opportunities from it and it's just a great thing to have, to, to have
0: started. Well, I'll tell you what, when I'm roaming the halls at the Licensing Expo 2019 like I did, and I run into a group, and the way we actually bond is over Salvador via Mario Party Wars, you know you've made your mark here in the Las Vegas gaming scene. My friend, it's just great to talk to you about everything Nintendo. And coming up next, it's Janice Ross in charge of business development for Act Games. She's going to be talking to me about at Games Legends Ultimate System, the connected arcade, live from the Licensing Expo 2019. This is the PCC Multiverse.
3: Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Greyskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Greyskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films.
0: All right, and we're back with the show. Once again, it is Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here we are now live at the licensing expo 2019 we're here with at games they are introducing here to exhibitors and also the public as well that's passing by right here at the mandalay bay convention center the at games legends ultimate the connected arcade it is right now i'm seeing the 599 base model it is a full size legends ultimate game right here that is i believe a 350 different games as far as that's already built into the system and there's a lot more features than that but we'll go into that here in just a sec and here with me today to speak about the legends ultimate is janice ross business development at at games and i'm telling you what it's a pleasure to have you right now speaking to me today at the licensing expo 2019.
4: Thanks, Gerald. I'm super excited to have you here today to see this because it's a pretty exciting time.
0: Well, as I was telling you before we went on the air, I mean, that press release dropped and a lot of excitement was made not only in the home arcade community, but also as well the retro community. A lot of people were excited to see what ACT Games has to offer. I know the press release indicated that there is also this unit, this full size unit that we're looking at now, that is going to retail at $599. But there also is a smaller unit that is in the works as well for $399. Is that correct?
4: That's correct.
0: So the Legends Ultimate built into the unit right off the get-go is 350 games, varying from different publishers and Can you describe the type of relationship that you've got with these different type of publishers in order to get all these different games onto one platform?
4: Absolutely. I think it really speaks to the fact that the arcade is really a bit of a retro device. However, what's happening today and what we're sharing with your community is the fact that it has been modernized, right? So it is truly the connected arcade. So it's a bit of a category disruptor, if you will. I think it's exciting certainly for IP owners and publishers to be a part of this exciting moment where you take an arcade, it's it's traditionally been more of a static box in your house, you get the games on it, you play it, however now today the Legends Ultimate Connected Arcade gives you the opportunity to connect to the cloud. And so it really first comes with 350 games, but then allows you to continue to update your games, to also play streaming, so it creates a lot more functionality than you've ever seen before in an arcade.
0: And that's one of the features I wanted to discuss with you because the Legends Ultimate will come equipped with a bluetooth device built in that will allow as far as corrections dlc but also other games possibility down the road you mentioned snk is getting games into the system as far as it's concerned so let's say a, a game that's from snk is not currently on there but they want to go ahead and make a deal and put some more on there there will be an update at some point in time for that to add games into the legends ultimate is that correct
4: that's correct, Gerald. Exactly. And what we'll be doing is offering bundles or opportunities to get games that have just uh, you know, become available to us and to people who now have the arcade and can continue to add to their library.
0: Those will be paid updates or free updates?
4: They'll be paid. So you can download more games and again to grow your base of games that you have on the arcade.
0: Okay. And that's something that we've seen here in the video game community for, for quite some time where DLCs, add-ons, things of that nature have been part of our uh, I guess our our culture as far as what we're looking for to add on but you know the titles that you said that possibly could be coming up with the publishers that could be involved with this is very intriguing I know the fact that the people that just had a fascination with trying to put in a home arcade or an arcade system in their home because The fact that, you know, for a lot of people like me, who are not the youngest people in the world, have a fond memory of going through the arcades and have an opportunity to have an arcade in their home that plays a variety of games. Not just one, not just two, not just three, not just four, but a variety of games is very intriguing. So I see the outline, I see the actual skins, it's very uniquely designed. Was this specifically designed for this Legends Ultimate?
4: So it was designed for the show. We're at Licensing Expo here in Las Vegas, and we're happy to be sharing it with the licensing community because it's something again that we're really working on continuing to build uh, even bigger relationships across the, the line with other partners so it's, it's exciting to show them what we've got so these skins that you see here are approved for the show probably won't be too dissimilar to uh, what we'll be releasing but again just to make sure and full disclosure this is not final not a final product but again something probably that will be fairly close that's just what i
0: was going to say that this is not the final product yeah. but it's somewhat like you said fairly close to it I, after the press releases and whatnot, it looks like that's probably going to be close to it. I know you'll also yes. be attending E3 as well and showing this off again to that community. I know it's going to be a big hit down there, like <laughs> I see right now people are gathered around it, people are having a good time and enjoying it. I noticed some of the games that you have out there, like you mentioned, Tetris, Missile Command, Millipede, Joan Mac, Asteroids, you know, you see the titles that are listed there, Star Wars, Which Star Wars, when you talk about it, that's listed right there on the front, which game is included as far as that's concerned? Or is there more than one Star Wars game?
4: So I actually can't comment yet on the full and title list. Um, so we have released some of the partial title lists. We are going to be sharing more shortly. So I thank you for asking. However, we're going to be getting more information to you in the coming days. But yes, there will be multiple titles is what
0: I will tell you. Okay. Okay. As long as... I know you wouldn't put a Star Wars up there and no, just say, no, no You know, because yeah. Somebody comes up to the arcade game and goes, psych! What? What? No. Not, okay. not okay. No no, There will yeah. be multiple titles. Alright. Okay. Fair but enough. Also, fair enough. Although that would be kind of funny though you know april fool's day legends ultimate comes up and says oh i'm so sorry no star wars for you kylo ren popping up sorry can't have it right but it is
4: not the case at all and actually appreciate you bringing up tetris too because we're thrilled to be here also with tetris celebrating their 35th anniversary this year so again a lot of um, energy around this a lot of excitement our partners again we're being very strategic and being able to support different activities that they're having which is also the great thing about again you know downloading special anniversary packs that goes back to again Keeping your library, you know, just again fresh and updated with new things that might be coming out that are again like anniversary games etc.
0: Now I notice one of the things that's on there as far as the layout is concerned There is a built-in protector over the base. Is that correct? That's correct Okay, because I know that's been an issue from time to time as far as with uh, complaints from other individual sure. home arcade owners out there but i see is you've got two built-in spinners you've got six buttons on each side and a trackball in the middle that's a very detailed layout mm-hmm. since you said this is not the actual final design but in your opinion do you think the the actual controller layout and the spinners and the actual trackball layout do you think that will be a that will be a part of the final product
4: absolutely so this is fairly close to what you will see for the final. Arcade, so again, yes, uh, that level of quality, that level of detail, the kind of protection on there. Yes, I think everyone will be very happy with what it is that they'll get in terms of quality.
0: Can you comment on what type of controllers buttons are used? Because I know that's been also a concern among the home arcade community as far as the built in type of units. You know, I know Sanwa and some other type of controllers or prefer more than others, the stability, the control, the reaction time, things of that nature have also been discussed at length. So I wanted to know if you could comment on what type of controls, what type of joysticks and whatnot, what type of spinners are used in this process.
4: So I can't share that with you today, but again, I'd be happy to follow up with you as soon as we can release that information. But again, I think that the people will be very happy with the level of quality, just the feel of the games and just the reaction times, lack of latency. I mean, again, when you're streaming, totally different. We also have a streaming option, but again. Um, that's going to be more contingent on your connection than, than the arcade itself.
0: Okay. Well, once again, I'm with Janice Ross. She is business development for ACT Games. We're talking about the Legends Ultimate, the connected arcade right here at the Licensing Expo 2019. Is there any thought to actually making the skins on the outside as far as custom or selling them with like one particular motif or things one particular type of genre or even one particular type of game as far as let's say, I don't know, um, you know, like you have an Asteroids out there having the Asteroids uh, original cabinet style and things of that nature.
4: Well, I definitely like where you're going with this, Gerald, and I think you're yeah, absolutely on track here. So we do think that there's an opportunity for customization. I think people really want to make the arcade their own, and again, when you're talking about, you know, a category disruptor, you want to make sure that you've got elements there that again really do bring this into the modern, you know, modern age, which is customization. Everybody wants that. So I think you are definitely tracking very closely to, uh, you know, where we're going with with everything.
0: Okay. And you also mentioned that not only is this retailing. Or the the MSRP at this point in time is $599 listed for the full-sized unit but there also is a smaller unit that's going to be retailing for $399. Are the features still the same with that or what is different outside besides just the size?
4: Yeah, the features will be very similar, but again, certainly when you start to size it down, there will be, there will be some obvious differences. So we will look forward to releasing more information and specs to you on that so you can get a feel for that. We're not demoing that here today, and then hopefully we'll have something to show you so you can really get a better feel for the differences. But today I really don't have much to comment on in terms of really specific uh, detailed differences yet.
0: Okay, no worries, no worries. I just want to make sure I'm trying to get all the information I can. Job for, your, for your,
4: your community. It's great.
0: I love it. I appreciate it. And then also as well, because there's a lot of interest in the home arcade community mm-hmm. in regards to this. This popped up as far as the press release and the word started to spread, and, and there's a lot of questions yeah. on it. When it comes to the Act Games Legends Ultimate, I like saying this, the connected arcade... <laughs> This is a big step up for At Games. I was talking about this with you before we went on the air that this is not what you've seen from At Games here recently or in the past. You've seen smaller units, you plug into your TV and you get to play your favorite retro games through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I've seen at local retailers all over and you've, I'm sure you've had a great success with that. I know Josh and the units that you sent him for review. He has went on and on and raved about how he enjoyed his time playing it. When the first proposals or the first ideas came about as far as going to a much larger unit like this, was there some apprehension or was there a lot of enthusiasm as far as getting into something much larger than what you're doing concurrently with these smaller size units as
2: well?
4: No, you make a good point, and I'm glad that exactly that you kind of went back. It's concurrent, right? So we have what we find is really the ecosystem for at games, right? We've got products at various, various price points, so certainly our Blast and Legends console, and now the introduction of the Legends Ultimate Arcade Cabinet. Or as you say, I love your the way you're saying it, the Connected Arcade. And really, it is just an evolution, right? And it also brings together the core competencies that at games has, which is in terms of just, you know, um, the relationships with, with publishers, um, retail relationships, and just also technology and innovation. So it really brings things together, and we, we know that this is something that we believe, you know, consumers want, and we feel like there's a great opportunity in market for it. So it seemed to us, actually, as much as it feels like there's a big, you know, disparity in price points, a really good evolution for at games in terms of the product uh, roadmap for us. So, so we're really excited about it. We hope that um, the community will, is as excited as we are, and will be be—you know—we'll find it to meet their expectations because we've put a lot into this, and we think that it's a—it's a, it's a great—it's uh, a great product.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Here at Licensing Expo, it is catching a lot of eyes. Because this is the unit that's going to be going to E3?
4: Well, let me also say this. So it's great that you're here because this unit is actually, as you have shared with your your community here, in the uh, lobby outside the convention hall at the Mandalay Bay. At E3, that will not be the case. We will be having a private meeting, so it won't be um, out there. So you are really actually getting quite a nice, uh, good sneak peek. Um, So, yeah.
0: Oh, well, I feel extra honored today. Okay. well, that's that's awesome. I know uh, my guys that are going down there to E3 have already scheduled interviews with you to go ahead and make sure that they get a chance to go ahead and see it firsthand. But this is going to be something that I think a lot of people are looking forward to and a lot of people are very interested in. The layout seems very nice. It looks like something that a lot of people can get into. And like you said, with the ability to go ahead and be able to get DLC with new games, new content coming in that you can go ahead and send out via Bluetooth, it makes it very attractive for those wishing to build upon it without having to go ahead and build something entirely themselves because that's another thing with the home arcade community. A lot of people are interested in modding and and things of that nature. While there is a great cost involved in some cases, as far as modifying it. A lot of people just like to say, hey, you know what, I've got it, it looks great, I've just got 350 games, but I can always pay more if there's games I like that are on the way from, from at games. So that's very interesting.
4: Absolutely, and one other feature that we didn't talk about, which is the BYOG, bring your own game is it does give you the opportunity to uh, sign into your online uh, libraries like on Steam for example and be able to stream and play your games onto the arcade. So again, there's really, you know, three ways to to interact with it. One is the preloaded games second is through our arcade net platform which allows you to download games and pay for them and build your library and the other is to sort of bring your own games so I want to make sure that people really have a uh, good understanding of how much functionality the arcade has and really you know that it's a live breathing machine within your home so uh, we look forward to people it's going to pre-order in july and we'll be going out to market in september so we're we're excited to share it and get it out there that's
0: what i was going to yeah. get cut for, cut <laughs> I for the chase line. yes yes yeah. so it will be most likely like you said pre-ordered at uh, july i will ask for the the website here in a sec but also, as well, it will most likely, like you said, be out available in market in the fall. Let's say September, fall, correct? Is that that sounds
4: correct? September, fall, yeah, exactly, right. the fall okay. window.
0: Just in time for the holidays for dear old dad or any retro gamer in your life. My, how timing. Yeah, hmm. figure that. Gift. Exactly, exactly. The perfect Christmas gift. Is the BYOG going to have the, I see it on the interface, as far as you said it's connected to the Steam store. Is it going to be some type of connectability to GOG or Epic, or is that something that's still in the works?
4: Still in the works. I can share more with you in terms of all of the areas that people can go to actually access their libraries. Again, it's really, you're connected to the cloud, so you should be able to connect to all of your places that you keep your games okay it's your library you're tapping into your library your games okay
0: so at some point in time there could be the possibility that good old games and the epic game store will be included on there
4: will be absolutely yeah
0: and i noticed also as well it is stereo as far as the cabinet is concerned is it also stereo on the mini cabinet as well
4: yes it will be stereo i believe on the mini cabinet as well
0: Okay, because I know that's something that a lot of retro gamers like to go ahead and, and have that full experience, and sometimes when it's coming out of only one speaker. In a way, that's kind of the way we had it back in the day, but yeah, you know, some of the games that really only came out in mono, but...
4: confirm that for you too, I'm almost... But again, we're still kind of finalizing specs, of course. but I, I hear what you're saying, and it is always more compelling in stereo, for yes. sure. Uh, for was, yeah, yes, yeah, you
0: know, yes, for me it was, anyways. Yes, yes, sure. absolutely. As someone who roamed the arcades <laughs> many a day back in <laughs> Southern California, yes, it's stereo is always right. helpful. Uh, it looks like it's a, an outstanding cabinet do that do a lot of people could be very interested yeah. in. You said it is coming to market. Like you said, pre-orders are available in July, coming to market in September, barring any other type of obstacles, because in the games industry, you never know what's gonna happen, but barring anything outside of that, it's gonna be coming to market in September. Can you release as far as any possible retailers that people might be able to find that, Or is it just going to be an online-based purchase only?
4: No, it will be at retail. At this moment, I can't share with you. The retailers where we'll be at. But again, as soon as I have uh, that information that would be available publicly, I'd be happy to, to, to give that to you. But yeah, no, absolutely. It will be available at, at retail.
0: Okay. And the last question, because I know you've been very gracious in talking with me Thank here uh, as I go ahead and I stare directly at this awesome Legends Ultimate game, the Connected Arcade, there you go, right here at the Licensing Expo 2019 is, all right, he's talked about pre-order in July. Where can they go to go ahead and pre-order the, at games, Legends Ultimate, the Connected Arcade, is it both pre-ordering the large unit and also the smaller unit as well?
4: Well, we'll provide more information in general. It would be great for people to go to atgames.net and they can get more information. We'll update the site so that they'll know exactly where to go and how they can manage pre-orders. So, yeah.
0: That's great. It's atgames.net, again, to go ahead and find more information and also as well as far as pre-ordering the unit and also get more information as it comes about as far as the Legends Ultimate the connected arcade. When it comes to that awesome machine, again, retail prices as of now are five ninety nine for the tall unit and the full size unit, and also as well three ninety nine for a miniature unit. I shouldn't say miniature, but a smaller unit. I should say uh, that's good. I mean, we'll give you specs on the show because uh, they're listed on as far as in the, in the press release that's concerned. So. I'll tell you what, it's been awesome speaking to you today here at the Licensing Expo. It's just been truly a pleasure, Janice, and I cannot tell you enough how excited I personally am to go ahead and give this a try. So awesome that you gave me such great time. It's such a long time to speak about the Legends Ultimate here at the Licensing Expo 2019.
4: Thank you so much. We do appreciate you coming by and checking it out, and I hope you'll have a few minutes to actually uh, test it out.
0: You know what? I think I will. I think I will do just that. Once again, Janice, it's been just so great to have you part of the Pop Culture Cosmos.
3: If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games.
0: All right, and we're back with the show. It's the PCC Multiverse. And I want to thank Janice Ross, in charge of business development from Act Games for taking the time to talk to me at the licensing expo 2019 about the at games legends ultimate the connected arcade the large unit is 66 inches tall it's going to be between 350 and 400 games upon initial release plus also as well they've got a smaller unit that's retailing or msrp at 399 that one is 46 inches tall that one is going to be I think around 200 games that they were talking about for that one there are certain publishers they're not going to have initially upon release for the 200 games one the smaller one that they will have in the larger ones so just want to let you know be aware of what games that are being released and hopefully we can give you a larger list of which games are going to be on which units hopefully they'll provide us with more detailed information on that for the 200 game system, the deck and controllers will be different than the larger unit. So, the smaller unit will not have as many controls, i.e., the spinners or the trackball. There is a 16 by 9 screen on the larger unit. Some assembly is required. The monitor and the deck is all still built together. So, that part you don't have to. You're putting basically the sides and screwing them in. And the lower base and screwing that in and the features that are on it, I wanted to go ahead and mention they've got modes right there, including the featured area, the arcade games, the console games, and then also as well, the bring your own games, the BYOG games, that is your games that you import over from places like Steam, they are going to go ahead and try and get good old games, aka GOG and also as well, the Epic Game Store. Hopefully they can make a deal with those two companies to get those games imported, so you can play off that as well. And they also have an Arcade Net connectivity ports that's gonna be based right on the deck there with alternating HDMI and USB connections. So if you wanna connect like Josh has with his At Games Blast, or if you wanna connect a console to it so you can play it off the arcade 16 by nine screen, you can do that as well. Remember, the the unit is a Bluetooth, so it will be constantly getting system software updates. They did say, however, that there will be paid games that will be available that you can download. I would expect most of the games that are made available to be additional DLC if you're interested in. And one more thing, the sides and the covers as far as the laminates and the unit is on the outside. That was a generic design that was easily peel off, but that is close to the final art for the unit. I know Josh is going to be seeing more at E3 2019, so I'm looking forward to hearing his thoughts on it, as well as him and I talking about our time that we spent playing it. Because I spent some time playing it, and I've got some thoughts on it. I know Josh. I want you guys to get together and, and spend some time on it. So. I can hear your thoughts on if it recreates that arcade experience like they're promising and promoting on it as well. If you need a listing of where we're at because we're being played all around the world seven days a week on radio, you can check out our listing today at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. You'll get a listing of many of our podcast options as well. My friend, you've got a great thing going on with Humanica Media, so share the goods. What's going on with Humanica Media?
1: Well, it's been a couple of weeks. We finally put up a new episode of Topic Oclipse. Everyone got kind of busy, but we're talking about historical figures. Who do we talk to? Are they worth all the fuss that history makes them, uh, you know? Are they the people history makes them out to be? Or are they different? Just we go into detail about who we like to sit down and grab a beer with and chat, you know? just as, who's, who's someone that we would ha- want to have a good conversation with? There are some good ones in there. I think that is a pretty good episode but you can check it out now on podbean itunes and all the usual places
0: and i also want to thank salvador via from mario party wars for stopping by on today's show to talk nintendo at e3 but one last thing before we go my friend we surprise after one episode swamp thing getting canceled
1: okay so there's so much mystery surrounding this like how does this happen what went on behind the scenes from understand is creative differences whatever that means but then You know, I figured, okay, well, maybe that's it. But then, like I read another article today and they're talking about they're rethinking DC's streaming service. So uh, my my thoughts on here is that because I know this is a James Wan produced show and if the DC service is struggling, then there's probably some DC exec involved in getting his hands into the pie, so to speak. So there's probably something. More studio overhead saying, hey, we need to market this a little better because this is a very odd show, right? It's it's more horror than it is anything. Like in the comic book, Swamp Thing's more mystical, earthy, uh, Gaia-type stuff, whereas in the show, it seems to be a real murder mystery-type thing. And I'm I was intrigued enough to maybe check out a few episodes, but... It feels like this has uh, studio interference all over it and totally see this turning into like a uh, Josh Trank situations on Fantastic Four, right, where the studio interferes or David Fincher and Alien 3, and it just kind of doesn't end up being a great process for anybody. But, you know, I'm still intrigued enough to watch the show, at least what's out there. But these streaming service shows are, are struggling this this much like Swamp Thing is what, you know, what kind of future does that make you put a lot of faith in what's to come?
0: Exactly, and I agree with you on that. It's just that the DC streaming service, something that you and I, we had a little bit of a question on why it existed because we felt that all these shows that they were producing would probably be better suited on different platforms. Doom Patrol, which a lot of people liked. I didn't like it as much as a lot of other people, but I know a lot of people had some great things to say about it. That series just ended. Swamp Thing, I did see the first episode and it was more horror They are going to go ahead and air the rest of the episodes, I believe, of the season at this point in time. So it's time for WB and also as well DC to reevaluate some of the things that they're doing. And that would include the DC Universe app and the DC Universe streaming service. And I think they just need to go ahead and, and worry about CW and try and get that up first before they go ahead and branch out just like everybody else is trying to and put out something that they want to go ahead and compete with Netflix on because it's just at this point in time, they're just not good enough options. CBS All Access may be something that could hang on and could do well because they seem to have some shows that people are following. I'm following Star Trek Discovery and I know there's some other good stuff coming on the way for CBS All Access. That's one of the few success stories Hopefully, we'll see more coming soon in the near future from Apple, Disney Plus, and more coming up here in the near future, but we'll wait and see. I will tell you this, my friend, it is going to be some decision-making with Warner Brothers on the future of the DC streaming service, and if it's something that people will continually want to go ahead and dish out money for. Any last thoughts on the way out? Because I've got one, but go ahead, you first. Any last thoughts on the way out?
1: Yeah, I um, we need to talk about doing those conferences, discussing them afterwards. So if you guys want to hear our thoughts on what went on. But yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff happening in video games this week. So you can tune into the Pop Culture Cosmos and we'll keep you updated on all the good
0: stuff. And guess where I'm going to be on December 18th, 2020?
1: PlayStation headquarters.
0: Almost, you PlayStation fanboy you. I'm going to be watching the Uncharted movie finally coming out.
1: I saw that.
0: All these years. Tom
1: Holland, right? They announced 2020. Hey, hopefully it's good, man. Hopefully it's good.
0: I told you already I would do it differently. But you know what? Tom Holland is a very hot commodity in Hollywood right now. And if he wants to do it, sorry, Nathan Drake. You're going to go ahead and have to get used to Tom Holland as a young Nathan Drake coming up next year in theaters. So for Josh Peterson. This is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.
3: Well, hello,
1: everybody, and welcome to a very special commercial for We Podcast and We Know Things. Wow, a commercial? Yes, Sam, a commercial. You do this to me every time. Anyway, we are We Podcast and We Know Things for all of your nerdy news in gaming, TV, film, music, and all things pop culture. Heck, even wrestling. We're basically spreading the good word of nerd one episode at a time.
2: Check us out here on the ESO Podcast Network and wherever fine podcasts are, including the iOS Podcast app. CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn.
1: And be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram to keep up with all the goings-on in the nerdy world. Now back to your ESO Network podcast. Who's better than
0: us? You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast.
1: This has been a broadcast of
4: the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon, or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
0: Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard.
1: TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos, and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.